Hello there. I'm Gobby of the Board Game Snobs, and this is an intro to the intro. Why? Because this will be on the podcast-only side to tell you that this is a video. If you check our show notes, I'll have the link to our YouTube video. We recorded our Zoom chat with Mr. Foxworthy, and we would be very happy if you check it out. Also, just you could go to YouTube and just search Board Game Snobs, and you'll find us there. But the easiest thing to do would be click the link in the show notes. That's why I put links in show notes. I put a lot of work into that. Click them. That's all. Thanks for listening. Check out the video. And now I leave it to you, Mr. Ben Maddox. You're listening to the Board Game Snobs podcast, a ridiculous podcast with ridiculous hosts that discuss ridiculous things. And any mention of board games is purely coincidental. And so, without further ado, and with... A heavy dollop of shame and embarrassment on my part, I give you the board game snobs. Snob Podcast. This is Jerry, and with us as always is Gobby. Hello! And we have a special guest today, our third cousin twice removed, Jeff. Mr. <laughs> Jeff Foxworthy. I'll, I'm claiming you as a relative, as, as a distant relative, Jeff. I, 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 I'm going to tell you something, Jerry. This is not helping your family tree. <laughs> That's all I can tell you. This is, you, you have acknowledged a disease branch on this. So. <laughs> Well, my uh, my family's from Oklahoma, so most of them are diseased, anyways, from yeah. various things. That's there's that, no shame in it. It's just what it is. What it is. Uh, syphilis wreaks havoc on us all. <laughs> uh, a lot of people don't know that. Well, I guess those that uh, are in the know about board gamings know that Jeff Foxworthy is the designer and creator of Relative Insanity, a, a rather fun party game that came out was it last year the first edition i believe came out was number one on amazon i think it was was it 20 maybe it came out it's like right before covid hit so uh yeah because we last year we were going to try to do a uh a deal with some in-store stuff that fell through uh but yeah that that was kind of a surprise, you know, but, but it, it's like sticking to what, you know, you know, if I, if, when I come up with a board game, it was to make people laugh. There wasn't no great uh, world domination uh, intellect going on there. It was, uh, it kind of came about in a weird way. We were, uh, we were at Thanksgiving. So I guess that was maybe 19 and, at Thanksgiving, we have like 30 people over every year at, at our farm. And it's aunts, uncles, grandmas, granddads, cousins. And so that evening, the kids, and I say kids, they were in their 20s, but they were sitting around the kitchen table and they were playing Cards Against Humanity. And, you know, they're all cracking up and all. But I walked over there and I said, y'all, y'all can't play this in the kitchen because 
You know. <laughs> if your grandmother hears some of this stuff, we're going to be calling 911 and this place is out in the country. She'll be dead before they get here. And, and, and so I thought, well, there's got to be a, a, a game that would make you laugh like that one, but you could play it with your aunt and uncle and, you know, or your grandma or whatever. So I literally, I got note cards and my whole life, I mean, I'm sitting here in my office. I, I got note cards everywhere. That's my life. And so I got note cards and I, and I wrote down 500 punchlines, just things that sounded funny. Uh, and, and then I thought, all right, what does everybody have in common? Everybody's family's crazy. And so I wrote a hundred setups about relatives and they were simple. It was like, right before we walked down the aisle, daddy leaned over to me and whispered blank. And kind of the mm-hmm. idea was you had seven punchlines in your hand and you just play the one you think is going to get the biggest laugh and whoever gets, you know, daddy leaned over and said, let's wrestle. Why not? Right there at the top of the aisle. Uh, and and it's that, I mean, you can learn to play it in 10 minutes. It's the easiest, oh, yeah. I mean, 10 seconds. It's the easiest game in the world. But I get people that stop me all the time and said, hey, we just went on family vacation. We took that game and we were laughing all night. Or we had a girls weekend and we played that game. Relative so, insanity, second generation. There it is. And so it was so successful that, that they were like, well, can you come up with 500 more? And I'm like, yeah, I'm sure I can. So this is volume two. It's called uh, Relative Insanity, the Second Generation. So I was wondering, are, are all these transcribed from handwritten Jeff Foxworthy scribbles to type? They they are. Wow. Uh, in fact, the first game, it sits right here in that little case. And got all the note cards from the first game is in there. And yeah, yeah I, I, dude, I mean, I, think about how many redneck jokes, because I, I still do the page a day calendars. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So there's probably easily 10,000 note cards written uh, on okay. here. And so. it's, it's only sold on Amazon right now, correct? You said you hadn't gotten it into stores. It, it well the the no it's it's in the stores Walmart carries it. in fact Walmart's got an exclusive on the uh, on the second generation game oh, wow. so they they love this game so you can get it online or you can get it at Walmart yeah have have you played apples to apples oh yeah yeah okay that's what it, it reminds me of apples to apples but more funny because it's apples more apples funny is, is and like it's nouns you, and a verb you're I mean, you're kind of pairing up ideas, and and that was kind of the weird thing because I wrote like the setups and in the punchlines, and but sometimes like one of the punchlines in the first game was I have mold in my crawl space, which makes me laugh because <laughs> you know there's it could mean we different. We got things. you. And oh so, yeah. Right before we walked down the aisle. Daddy leaned over to me and whispered, I have mold in my crawl space. That makes me laugh. Uh, but comics uh, laugh at things other people don't laugh at. So I think but, a, I think but a but lot of those kind of mix lines. and match them. And you know, so it's not it's not dirty like uh cards against humanity, but you can make it, you know, you can make it risque if you want to, but you know, it's kind of one of them things where your mother 
goes like that instead of gets up and walks out of the room. Yeah. When you have a dirty mind, everything's funny. <laughs> Absolutely. And, I, yeah. and, and a lot of these punchlines are probably much uh, funnier to people who are more to the South anyways. Mold in your crawl space and uh, things of that nature. Not, yeah. Not sure those Yankees know a lot about that. So the way, Did yeah. Do they not have mold in their crawl space? I don't mold? think so. They, well, they got all that snow. You know they do. It melts and just sits there. Yeah, but it still stings. Yeah. I don't know if you could tell. I've been to Minnesota. Let's see. We we have a few listeners in the north. Maybe they can. Do you have mold in your crawl space, dear listeners? A lot of our listeners are in Australia. Is this? Uh, yeah, this game probably would translate well to Australians. And there's a. Do you got mold in your cruel spice? There's a billion dollar idea for you. Now I don't know, Jeff. If you everybody knows you from the, you might be a redneck. Yeah. Uh, now. They have rednecks in Australia, but they call them something else. They're called bogans. You've heard of them, right? I have heard of bogans. Okay. Have you ever been to Australia? I have been to Australia. Okay. And you made it back. So that's important. <laughs> so the uh, it's dangerous over there. The kangaroos. The kangaroos will drown people. Did you know that? They get out in the... They're like deer here. They're just all over the sides of the road, the and somebody hits one, and the person behind them stops, picks it up, takes it <laughs> home, and eats it. Makes I a mean, jerky yeah. out of it. They've yeah. got t- they've got a very uh, colorful flavor of rednecks over there. Yes, and the and the, the the recently I was reading about how the kangaroos will get out into like a body of water if something's chasing them, a dogs or whatever, and try to drown it. Like apparently they're very they they'll drown whatever predators after them in a body body of water. That's how I lost my first wife and a good hunting dog. Which mm. well, German Shepherd. Wait, was your wife a hunting dog which, by the chance? Which one, <laughs> all right, let Jerry be totally honest. Which one do you miss the most? Uh, totally honest. Well, it just depends. Uh, both were really good pointers, um, <laughs> but neither. neither <laughs> Anything I say, you can write down, Jeff. Feel free to use it whenever. Oh, yeah. oh I've, trust me, I've already written down syphilis wreaks havoc on the song. So, uh. Oh, really good. But yeah, the, you might be a bogan if. That would be there great in go. Australia. Go it to the Australians. That Australian market. Yeah, why not? They're, I like that. It's basically I'm, Texans. Australia yeah, is. that's kind of what it is. They're like Texans a little bit with a funny accent. But but laughing is kind of that universal thing. Yeah, I remember, man, this is back like late 80s. And I was doing a show in Zanies in Nashville, Tennessee. And in the middle of the show, I see like people coming in the back. And I'm like, crap, that's Robert Plant from Led Zeppelin. <laughs> and he and two or three other guys go up in the balcony. So after the show, I tell the manager at the club, I said, dude, that was that was Robert Plant. He goes, yeah, he's up in the balcony. So I went up to say hello to him. And he had heard me on the radio that morning telling redneck jokes. And he was like, he goes, dude, I'm from Birmingham, England. He said, and the guys in London always called us a bunch of bloody hicks. So I'm listening to these redneck jokes and I'm laughing me bloody and I'm like, Robert Plant likes redneck jokes. I mean, never saw that one coming. You know. So is this? Uh, what do you? You had? I was looking. Of course, obviously, I'm Wikipediaing Jeff Foxworthy for preparing for the show. 
And you came out, and the Blue Collar Tour was in, like, two thousand early 2000s. Yeah. And so you had that. You had your sitcom. You had a radio show. Uh, were you in any movies? I couldn't. I know the Blue Collar movies, no, but I didn't know if you did no, a movie not, movie. not really. I didn't get the lucky Larry the Cable Guy gig. Oh, ah, okay, yeah. He and Mater. I've done voiceovers in some lesser movies, uh, but I've had, like, I think like seven or eight TV shows. Probably the longest running was Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? Yeah. And But I like that because I could still be funny on it. You know, it was, I mean, hell, if you don't know the answer, they're second grade questions, you know, so you could kind of good naturedly, you know, kind of get on people a little bit. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, Larry, he, that, that Mater thing. But of course, Everybody remembers Delta Farce. So, you know, I don't think he, I don't think he Do put they? one up. Yeah. Well, well, <laughs> I show. could have been in Delta Farce, uh, but I read the script. Uh, <laughs> they so, had a script? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a, I remember. Larry, Larry had his whole thing of movies. And so when on, uh, when we did the, the roast on him on Comedy Central, the best line was when Gary Busey said, the only time Larry's movies fly off the shelf is when a tornado hits a Walmart. <laughs> uh, well, I, I remember the y'all's tour very uh, vividly because being from Texas, South, we're Northeast Texas, Southeast Oklahoma. We're in Paris, Texas. Uh, at least I am. He's from Antlers, Oklahoma. But, you know, yeah, hearing folks that sounded like we do on the on the comedy tour and stuff but of course i always said you know jeff has more of a uh well you're george from georgia right yeah and so yeah. it's 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 a more elegant a more elegant southern accent to me of course Is you know it's it? like I, I believe so it's like the I, my georgian accent consists of i do declare that's how i do georgian <laughs> accent I say that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard you three times so far. Yeah, yeah it's like, uh, so uh, Jeff, I wrote a joke. Oh, Lord. <laughs> you can feel free, Jeff, too. I Jerry, wrote a what joke. What the hell is going on here? <laughs> I'm sorry, oh, Jeff. I just, I mean, I, I've never talked to a professional, famous comedian before. Here's my chance. Here's my chance for the big time. Carpe diem, they say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Gobby the buffet guy. Can I just come on here every week? This is the most fun I've had in a while. So. Jeff, get you, Jeff you. might be able to get you a, a, a gig at Golden Corral. So uh, basically our thing is I come on here and uh, try to make something happen, and Jerry just makes fun of how fat I am. That's our thing. That's what we do. Uh, but I'm working on it. That's a, a fat man is always on diet. It's That's weird. Right. It's weird. I do declare a fat man is a work in progress. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, so here's my joke, all right? I don't even know if it's a joke. It's more of an, okay, just listen. It's a haiku. It's a, no, it's it's a redneck that. haiku. So I was going to say, I was going to say, you know, Georgia is an elegant Southern, whereas in our neck of the woods, there's always the guy in the news, yeah, I saw some bright lights come down from the sky. Next thing I know, I'm being probed by a little green feller. You mean a Martian, sir? No, he's this little feller. His name's Bobby Joe Green. Little feller, big knuckles. <laughs> that's not your worst joke. <laughs> it's not, that's, I'm not, I'm not going to hate on it. That's not bad. 
It's not. Uh, no, it's it's reminds me. Larry the Cable Guy had a joke. He said, uh, "I got bitten by a brown recluse, not the spider. It's this Puerto Rican guy lives next door to me that never comes out of his house." <laughs> oh, I was going to say, is there? You know, there's all types of cop. You know, they have prop comics and uh, observational comedy and and good comics and good comedy. <laughs> Uh, uh, pun comics are pun comics a thing? That's the only thing I might would uh, be able to do. Uh, what kind puns? You might could be a pun comic. You <laughs> might get booed off the stage, <laughs> but that could just that could be your whole thing. Yeah. Well, so I was thinking, <laughs> got enough. So I was thinking, Jeff. I mean. You're still very, you just come out with your uh, special on, well, I don't know, just come out. It's 2022, your special on Netflix, the good old days. Yeah. I was like, his mustache could have a, a, a spinoff show where it's a, a, a investigative journalist. And his line is always, his, the mustache's line is, I mustache you a question. <laughs> Let's see, that one died. That was, that was not. That's a pun. That was so not puns good. aren't the way to no, go in no, comedy. No, it's not. Generally, No. See, I've been I've been working hard on this material too. Have Work. you ever seen a pun club? Like, uh, you know, you see comedy clubs or jazz clubs, or I don't know that I've ever seen a place called the Pun Club. Yeah, they're called hairdressers. They always have those uh, puns boom, like "curl up and boom, die." Boom, yeah, there you go. <laughs> or meat markets. Nice to meet you. Yes, yes. Any any business that is a pun, I don't frequent. So that should tell you something. Puns are overrated. You gotta, I'm sorry, God. You got to. But see, a barbershop could say you got to have puns, hun. No. No? No. No. Okay. You're no. embarrassing yourself in front of me. <laughs> see, see, that's what's sad. Iconic. You're, the Netflix special said the iconic Jeff Foxworthy. I'm really, I, don't, I don't even know what that means. Uh, you know, the whole idea for Blue Collar, it was right after... The Kings of Comedy started, and one of their first stops was Atlanta. And I was reading in the paper, it said that it was a show for the urban hip audience. Well, being a stand-up, I've been to all 50 states, just about every part of all 50 states. And I called Bill Ingball, and I said, urban and hip leaves a lot of people out. I said, we should do a tour for for everybody else. And he laughed and he said, what do you call it? And I said, you call it the blue collar comedy tour because all of us got advice. Like when we went to New York or LA, I'd have guys in New York going, yo, Foxworthy, right? I don't want to hurt your freaking feelings and all, but you got to take some voice lessons and lose that stupid accent you got. And I was like, well, you know, where I'm from, you have the stupid accent. It ain't me. So I was I was always stubborn about that. This is how I talk. I'm going to talk the way I talk. Now, you know, hopefully I can talk about stuff. Like the, the, the redneck thing was a way for people to remember me, but I think most of my stuff is about, you know, like family and kids and wives and, and things like that, which, which go over everywhere, but, but hell rednecks are everywhere. That's how that kind of spread. I was like, you get 20 minutes outside of Chicago, you're covered up in them. You know, they're, they're all over Northern. And so that was, I guess what, what made that work. But I always tell young comics, I'm like, talk about what, you know, don't try to be somebody else. Don't try to be another comic. Talk about what, you know, and that uh, Kings of comedy tour was, yeah, I remember that with Steve Harvey. I bought one of those suits with the eight buttons after that I came out. 
I could see you in that, Jerry. I, it was it was it was nice. Uh, what what color? It was silver. It was like silver. one of those those sure. silver. Sure. And you because have, there's so many places to wear an eight button silver suit. To. Well, basically prom. And I mean, you could wear it wherever you want. I mean, you can wear a suit wherever you want to. You wear it it's to just, Walmart if you want. It's to. just, but those suits were designed for people at least six foot tall, and I'm a whopping five nine. So they kind of it looked more like the, a the eighth buttons at the top of your shoes. It looked like a like a, a formal moo moo. It was just drugged the ground. So yeah, it was but not it seems to, like if you wore it to it to like Golden Corral, you would you would be the talk of the whole place the whole time you were there. They'll let you go up to that ham station as much as you want. And we're we are literally like across the street from a golden is that that's not Golden Corral. What is this over here? Is that uh, Best no, Western? No, Western golden, Sizzlers. No, it used to be Western Sizzler. Now it's Golden Corral. They bought them out because everybody knows Golden Corral is taking over slowly. Any place that you can go where there's a Golden Corral. I don't know if that's a big thing in the north, but down here in the south, Golden Corral is like the mafia. They just buy up locations and set oh, up. Yeah. Do you know when I started doing their commercials years ago, Larry the Cable Guy came up to me at a show and he goes, dude, do they give you like uh like discount cards or anything like as part of your deal. And I'm like, you're worth a billion dollars and you're asking me for Golden Corral discount cards. He's, he's that's, got, how, that's how they keep it. That's how you keep it, right? Larry's got, that, cheap. Larry's got that tomato money. He don't need that. My kids, my kids yes, are exactly. all that mess. I'm tired of that. Yeah, yeah. He's got the voice acting. So did, did y'all have the, you might be a redneck, Here's your sign and get her done. Like, I mean, those are still being said in these parts to this day. Was that something that just developed out of y'all's material? Or was that like you were having that helped you, like, identify with you? I think it it helped people remember you. You know, because, I mean, if you think about and I didn't think about it at the time, but the redneck jokes, they're Mm one-liners. So they're easy to remember. They're easy to retell. You can go to the break room at work and get a laugh just by remembering a sentence. But they kind of came about, I mean, I talk like this. I drive a truck. I, you know, I'm in comedy. I'm wearing boots and jeans and and talking about I, I, I wish I could go deer hunting, but I'm on the road doing this. And so I'd always get it. You know, I would, you know, Fox, were you nothing but an old redneck from Georgia? And so and I heard that all the time. And then one time I was in, I was in Detroit. I mean, well, I was outside Detroit. It was a town called Livonia. It was like metropolitan Detroit. And we were playing at this club. And after the show, they were kidding me about being a redneck. Cause I was like, crap, I wish I was deer hunting this week. It's the, it's the rut. And I went, and they were kidding me about being a redneck and, and I and I said the club we were playing in was attached to a bowling alley that had valet parking. And I said, if y'all don't think you have rednecks in Michigan, go look out the window. People are valet parking at the bowling alley. And I I went back to the hotel that night and and I'm like, hell, I know what I am. But apparently a lot of people don't. I wrote 10 ways to tell you might be a redneck. I went back the next night. Not thinking, oh, it's going to be a hook or a mm-hmm. book. It was just, I was just trying to make people laugh. And not only were people laughing, they were pointing at each other, you know, within the place. And I'm like, okay, well, if I can write 10, can I write 20? If I write 20, can I write 100? You know, and 
that's kind of how the whole thing started. Relatable. You, what do you what do you tip a valet at the bowling alley? A can of snuff? <laughs> what, what what goes there? <laughs> Just the fact that the, the people thought. That bowling alley is so nice. They've got valet parking. <laughs> They've got that's the where, newest that's shoes. That's where the snob bowlers go. <laughs> that's, that's, oh, Jerry, uh, uh, big bowler. Big bowler. Well, of course. Of course. If you don't bowl and, and you're in the South, there's something wrong with you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, got, just, they got the nicest shoes at that bowling alley. They do. They do. Are now, the, who's the, from Southeast Oklahoma? That's me. That's me. I live in Antlers, Oklahoma, the so-called deer capital of the world, which is... Oh, wow. Um, With a place named Antlers. It's got to be good. We're not well, far it's, from... It's uh, got, and, and, you know, one of my hobbies is I go all over the place looking for arrowheads. Well, I go to southwest Arkansas uh -huh, uh -huh. looking for arrowheads, and so it's probably not too so far. So, like, around the Hot Springs area? Uh, not that big. It's uh, not near that big. Yeah. Uh, but I'm thinking that's where the, uh, the Jerry life story happened. Not far from there. It, it is, uh, the, the Southeastern Oklahoma area where I'm at now is inundated with Texans because it's a very poor part of Oklahoma and all the Texans lease the hunting land. Oh, and okay. so everybody comes up there and, and hunts and, uh, you know, after they get cleared out all the deer, we go in and kill all the hogs. And so that's that's typically how that goes. But yeah, that that whole area right now, that's all it is is deer hunting. Which that ten, that that you bring that up, that is actually where I first remember seeing you, because my father was a avid deer hunter, and okay. uh, Army drill sergeant. Nothing was funny to him except he had a VHS tape of. Uh, what was it? The incomplete deer hunter. The incomplete deer hunter. That's yeah. yes, of you and several others, and it being this 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 comedy setup of deer hunting, and he wore that out, and he would be he would rise from the grave if he knew I was talking to Jeff Foxworthy, <laughs> the incomplete deer hunter. That was hilarious. Back it was was that ninety five that that yeah, came out. That was that was early. Mm, well, maybe a little bit, maybe like ninety seven or eight. Uh, I had, so I have a farm that's near Columbus, Georgia, where real tree camouflage started and I would go on deer hunts with them. And then, but, but I thought, you know, there's all these people making deer hunting videos, but when you're sitting around a hunting camp, a lot of it's, you know, about the camaraderie and the relationship and nobody was doing anything funny about it. So, uh, so I said to them, Hey, if I make these videos, will y'all sell them? And, the, Jerry, those crazy things, they were selling like a million, million. We did three of them. I think they all sold over a million copies. Yeah, it was crazy. Yes, I, I, I remember watching them. Uh, my dad, there is a skit that where you were explaining to your wife why it, uh, deer hunting, deer meat was so expensive and why it's so important. You were listing everything it costs to deer hunt. The lease costs X amount. The four-wheeler costs X amount. And at the end, you're like, well, you know, deer meat's like $300 a pound. And of course, this is this is the best meat for your family. And uh, she didn't appreciate it. Didn't appreciate it. I'm like, <laughs> this is better than than sirloin steak. This is better than, than any meat you can buy because it's $300 a pound and you don't appreciate it. Yeah. I, I don't I don't hunt myself, but I've been with a few of my but friends. But you've that, benefited from hunting, obviously. I Well, of course, I eat it. I will eat it 
nonstop. Beef uh, deer jerky is one of my favorites. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, all my buddies they just go. Easy. That's all right. Go ahead. They just go and they sit in them stands and they just drink. I'm like, oh, okay. I see what it's about. I'm like, by the time you see a deer, how do you see straight to shoot it? Well, now I bow hunt. You can't sit up there and drink and you bow hunt. Uh, <laughs> you're showing your ignorance, Gobby. I, I, I thought hunting was with a gun. Bow hunting. Now, that's yeah. a, I'm not uh, Nathaniel Hawkeye. No, that was still with a long rifle. Musket shooting. Do you ever do the musket shooting one? You mean black powder. Yeah. Whatever. Sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I have done that, but for the last like twenty years, I've been just exclusively with a bow. So. Really? Why so? Because it's the skill, Gobby. It's the hardest way to do it, and so. But you, but when you pull it off, you feel like you've done something. So. Oh. I mean, it's one thing to shoot one at four hundred yards. You know, it's another thing to shoot one at twelve yards. So. Yeah, okay. More Robin Hood-like. Do you lick the feather before you stick well, it in the bow? Well, we don't take their money and give it to the <laughs> uh, You could share the deer jerky with some folks, and then you'd be the Robin Hood. I, oh, okay. I do. Not, not a one comes off my farm. Somebody doesn't eat it. So I got I to gotta deal with the Hunters for the Hungry program, and, and we process oh, okay. them all. Look, you're the Robin Hood of bow hunting. See? Yeah. John Deere hunting. There you go. There's a joke there somewhere. <laughs> There's really not, Gabby. There's really not. Uh, I'm making notes. We've, we've, just, we've all note, just note to self. There's not a joke in the John Deere hunting. Oh, <laughs> Jeff's like, well, I think my time's about up here, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> So no, I want to. So I want to ask y'all. Y'all got all these games behind you. Mm-hmm. What kind of board games are you into? Oh, uh, well, we are a little bit of everything. Uh, as you've probably have found out, that board gamers are are an odd group of people. If you've ever had any interaction with actual people who who board game as a as a hobby, I guess. The nerd culture. It's a niche. I guess but talking to somebody that has spent the last four decades with comedians, I'll put my odd people <laughs> up against your odd people. Uh, Board gaming is a very niche, but at, they're avid. And so it's like once you get into have, have you played Catan? I have seen Catan, but I haven't played Catan. That's usually that's one of like gateway games. Like you play that and you realize. So you start off tape playing Catan, and the next thing you know, you're on heroin. Exactly. Yeah. It's the gateway type That's deal. how it is. Yeah. That's how it is. You start buying, you start, oh, these games can do this and that. And you got games where you got little miniatures, you can fight each other, or you got uh, trading in the Mediterranean, and you're buying goods and gathering goods and using those goods to purchase things on these cards. And it's just, a, it really is a massive field that is very hard to explain, but... Yeah, as you can see, there's, and these are just mine. He's got his at his house, so it's it's a lot. And it's not something that's there's an untapped market. You might be a board gamer if there you go. You can get on that. You might be a board. Gabby, gamer. I'm gonna let. I'm gonna give you that. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna give you that. I'm giving you Jerry's idea. 
There's your fortune How right can there. I squeeze in John Deere hunting or something? That's, that the hunting won't, it's not gonna won't work. fly. It. Put it put a line through that. <laughs> Strike that one out. Uh, yeah, so we got uh, there's. It's just very literally sp- any type of. There's wine making games where you're pretend. Obviously, you're pretending to run a winery. You're taking lots of them as just area control, like risk. You're fighting for areas, but with way more complex rules. They take these games and make them much more complicated. That's basically board gaming. Yeah. Okay. Worker well, placement. And then you've got games where just they're trying to make you laugh. Right. So mine's, exactly. mine's pretty well, simple. Yeah, yours, yours falls into the party game category. Oh, it does. Yes, yes, okay. sir. Yours would definitely be a party game. Okay, you get is together that, in a large group of folks. Is that, is that like is in the gaming community? Is there a snobbery and y'all look down and go, well, that, uh, ain't that ain't nothing that, but that, a party. those are called Euro gamers. We don't have yeah. many around here. Yeah, there's yeah, and that's the thing because the hard some of these very complex games started in Germany. In fact, as of right now, there's a convention in Essen called Essen. Essen Spiel, where it's a massive convention where they're peddling these games and uh, to uh, content creators, people that like to play and them. All this, you know how thing. them Germans are, and so uh, they they're, they're big on world domination. We yeah, know that from history. So uh, they've taken over yeah. the board gaming world. I've got that Discovery Channel. I know all about that Luftwaffe. <laughs> mm-hmm. Isn't that what you use in the shower to scrub your back? Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? It, you keep working on it. Keep going. <laughs> you're almost there. You're almost there. Um, you're like almost out of the camera. Can you like be I, conscious well, the, of the, where the camera? The more at? that you make bad jokes, the more <laughs> I'm like, getting slowly. Easy. He's talking to me, Jeff. The yeah. more uh, bad no, puns he you. makes, no, the, you're good. The, I'm slowly getting away from him. <laughs> like, so the I'm further myself, be the, the Gobby and Jeff show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gone. Well, if you keep making these dumb puns, that's what it's going to end up being. You're, you're, you're us. But yeah, uh, no party games are a thing unto their own. Uh, some people can be snobbish about it, but balanced reasonable folks like ourselves when you have a large group of people together more than generally i'd say in a crowd of more than six oftentimes calls for a party style game that's where everybody can sit around and you could deal out all these things and 10 12 15 whatever could partake in the one singular game that's all going on but anyways, well, Jeff, it's it's been a pleasure talking with you. I know we're eating up all your time. Uh, Do you have? Well, no, but 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 at least say something nice about the game so people will go buy it's it. It's a great right. game. My okay, well, I was gonna say I, I compared it to apples to apples. My my family enjoys apples to apples. My wife loves it. Gina, who doesn't believe we're talking to you today? Uh, this is a very. I would play this over apples to apples any day, and that's. That's an easy, straightforward. The main thing is, but my family is a low rules, like a the simple. rules simple, simple rule set. An idiot could play it. Put that <laughs> on the box. Gobby says better than apples, which is obvious. Uh, like you don't know what it, apples are. I, honest to God, you deal out the cards. Everybody gets seven, and you know you replenish them as you play them. And one person reads the setup, and everybody throws down. You can learn to play it in 10 seconds. There's no complicated rules here. So, and 
you're going to have some big laughs while you're playing it. So. It will uh, It will definitely get pl- – I, it just came into my house yesterday. I would just, okay. It just, just made it on the wire. But, uh, yeah, I cracked it open. I played a few rounds with my family, and, yeah, they they already enjoy it. So And they're so, cumulus. Right, so, Gabby, I want to know this. Are you going to wrap it back up and give it to somebody for Christmas? Well, I, if I can find a cellophane, what, however you find those, the shrink wrap machine. Yeah. I'll say, Maybe. here you go. And I'll make a profit of it, too, because I got sent this one for free. Yeah. <laughs> you could sign Jeff's name to it. <laughs> no, say, it's Jeff's, already Jeff's, on there. Jeff's, oh, we know it's Jeff. It's already on there. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, man, I, this is a $20 game. I'll give it to you for 10 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> Re- repurposed repurposed uh, games no but we appreciate it very much uh, do you have several of these type shows lined up where you uh, no you guys that but i was so they so it's like whenever it comes out i think i have like y'all and jimmy fallon which <laughs> you know in 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 go. my world they're they're level with each other <laughs> you know uh I got some jokes I could write for Jimmy. And they'd but, be funnier. But I heard how funny y'all were, and I'm like, all right, I want to do that one. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure they li- you're, they, they just listened to our accents, and they thought Jeff will be able to understand <laughs> these will, guys. He will fit right in. Yes. Uh, yeah, I was a board game snob, so. Yeah. We're, 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 I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm talk. I'm speechless. That's how I am. I can't even talk. Yeah, I'm, you're like I'm, the only Jeff I'm, I like. Oh. I have a, I have a I have a thing with Jeffs, like there are no really Jeffs that I. You think of all the Jeffs in the world, they're all horrible people. I, you're, maybe you're just Dahmer, a mean person. Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh yeah. Uh, Jeff Goldblum is overrated. I like. What him. about Jeff Bridges? Is pretty cool. I like yeah. Jeff Bridges. I take that back. That I think maybe it's good. just your personal life, the Jeffs you know. Jeff Bridges, Jeff Foxworthy. I tell you what, I don't like is the Jeffs that spell their name with a G. Oh, that I don't right like there. them those, either. I think guys. they're a bunch of snobby little punch faces. I, and and Gabby, I got to point out something. You're wearing a game that's, I mean, you're wearing a shirt that says snobs on it, mm-hmm. but it's a T-shirt. Yeah. Can you really be a snob <laughs> and wear a T-shirt? Well, I was gonna get the, I was gonna get it made into a tuxedo looking shirt, you know, like they used to wear. That way, you go with fancy. Jerry Silver suit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, be looking real fancy. <laughs> we'll send you one, Jeff. That way you can wear it next time you next time you do your Netflix special. Now, if you uh, hey, it's Jeff, got an armadillo well, on it and everything. If you can get on Jimmy Fallon's show and talk about the board game snobs podcast, boy howdy, you might I, make our numbers. I, I might could squeeze that in. You somewhere. might make our numbers double from at least ten to twenty. It'll be fantastic. <laughs> be fantastic. All right. Well, all ten people that are out there watching, I, I know it's below your uh, your normal line of game that you get because you're snobs, or you wouldn't be listening to this show. Yeah. But go go buy it for your uncle or something for Christmas, and so or your ten, sister. My ten board game. If I sell ten more. I could, I think I could buy my grandson a matchbox car out of that. So, uh, yeah, please go get it. <laughs> well, uh, I, let's see, where are we at here? Time. Uh oh, I cannot minimize Quit when you're recording. I'm not. I'm Jeff, not. if you ever want to come back on the show just to come on to vent about any issues that you have or, or just to have a session where, you know, or if you run drive some uh, humorous puns, uh, I'll refill your tank. Right. Bounce some ideas off of us. 
We could, think, we could Gabi, be your you think tank. Do, look, I, I started, I did the first redneck page a day calendar in 1990. And I just finished the one for 2023. Good grief. So, and every year I'm like, there cannot be 365 more of these, but there is. <laughs> Why don't you start a page a day pun calendar? You could do something with your life there, Gabby. Page day, pun calendar. Something, something. They wrote that right below John, John Deere Hunt. Deer hunting. Yeah. Huh? Got yeah. it. All right. I got it. They'll never get, get going. You, you, but and you don't get 10% neither because no. you, give, you give this to Good me 100%. No. I wish it did. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, you get the whole thing. It's yours. Run free, that. run wild. There done and done. Well, uh, the game is Relative Insanity, second generation. Jeff Foxworthy has graced us with his presence. We appreciate that very much. And for the non-believers, look, it's on video. Yeah, there you go. They can actually so see there. your face. <laughs> yeah, we generally don't do this live or on Zoom. So this is a, this is a special occasion. We try, we try not to show our faces, but, you know, it's okay. <laughs> People would just assume that, that this Jeff Foxworthy was just Gobby doing an impersonation of Jeff Foxworthy if it was Let wasn't. me hear the impersonation, Gobby. You might be a redneck if. That's a terrible. You see a sign that says, ah, oh, dead gummit. Ah, uh, ah. Uh. You don't even know his jokes. It's terrible. You're oh, uh, it. Something about don't take crack and it makes you pull up your pants. Something like that. If I keep drinking any more of this Evan Williams, I'm going to do my Ron White impersonation. If you see a sign that says say no to crack and it say reminds no to you crack. to pull your jeans up, <laughs> you might be a redneck. Say no to crack. Yeah. Yeah, Jer yeah, Jerry's doing his best Ron White impression. Ron White's here, so my spirit animal. We need to get out of here before. Ron White is the most naturally funny human being I've ever known in my life. People say that of me as well. R.I.P. Ron White. <laughs> R.I.P. All right, Jeff. Well, thank you very much. We'll end the show while it's not a complete uh, and utter disgrace on my part. Oh, you're way too late for that. <laughs> way too late for oh, that. Goodness. Okay. Well, we'll see you at the reunion, Jeff. <laughs> and, uh, I won't. That's better. Yeah. Uh, I won't. Uh, I'm not going to fault you for never getting an invite to Thanksgiving. That's fine. I understand our families have grown apart over the years. But, uh, you know, anytime, next time you're in the area looking for arrowheads, if you want to slide on over to Oklahoma. Now, do you have any over there where you grew up? You've got uh, to. We're in Choctaw Nation area. And actually, I have a card. I'm actually 1128th Choctaw, so I can pick up arrowheads if I find them. So I could okay. be your guide, your, your, your pale-faced guide in the, the Choctaw region if you ever come over here. You got it. We could adopt right. you into the tribe. All right. I like that because I... I I'm a I'm a big fan of the Native Americans. I, I love to celebrate Columbus Day when he came over here and discovered America and the hundred million people that were already living here. So uh, yeah. look, I found it. <laughs> uh, excuse me, sir. We were here first. Uh, we were already here. I think I might go next weekend and discover New York City. So. Uh, <laughs> 
I discovered it. Yeah. You should post about how you just discovered this new show. And Jimmy, you, discovered, you just discovered Jimmy Fallon. You discovered this board game be my favorite new podcast. Right here. <laughs> oh, there you go. Plenty of yeah. Yeah. You know Say what? That. Here's another idea for your next board game. Oh, wow. It just dawned need on to go me. While no, we're ahead, Jerry. it just dawned on me. This oh, is for goodness. free. Okay. There is not one deer hunting board game out there, Ooh. and it's desperately needed. They just released a fly fishing one not a while, while back. It's pretty good. But deer hunting has not been represented in the board game community. We need a Jeff Foxworthy, the incomplete deer hunter, the board game. I don't know what it would be. And when you sell it, all it will cost you is a little dough. There it is. That's why we pay him the big money right there. Right there, Jeff. Look at There's him. your tag. He's, he liked now it. he's speechless, he's speechless. befuddled. He's speechless. <laughs> well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Board Game Snobs. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a great pleasure to interview, talk to Mr. Jeff Foxworthy. The iconic. The iconic Jeff Foxworthy. Thank you for again for coming on and uh, pick up. Again, relative insanity, second generation. Look at me plugging at your at your neighborhood Walmart. Walmart slash they don't do it in Target because you're. Yeah, I think that's too fancy. Jeff too is fancy. Jeff doesn't. They don't. I know what it's like to be banned from Target. Jeff, don't. Yeah, yeah I've been banned from a lot of places. So yeah, you know, Walmart fits me just. <laughs> now, Target's kind of more upset. A little yeah. more, little more snobbery. Those Jeffs yeah, with the you know, G shop at that's Target. Where, that's where you wear your silver suit to is Target. That's that Steve Harvey. Those Jeffs with the G shop at Target. All right. Well. Again, see, I'm trying to end this while we're ahead, before it gets ruined. And that's going to do it. Ending now. Thank you for tolerating this episode of the Board Game Snobs. Stay classy.